Hello, beautiful tribe. This podcast is sponsored by Uvita. Thousands of years ago, before modern medicine proved scientific evidence for mind and body connection, the sages of India developed Ayurveda, which continues to be one of the most sophisticated, powerful mind and body health systems up to date. And I can begin to tell you, tribe, that it's about putting the power back in your hands. And the company that's helping you do that is Uvita. I've been on Uvita for a couple months now so that I can have a healthy gut and be able to clear my gut and be able to have the best digestive system that I can have. Because healing your gut allows the body to build a stronger immune system and produce the right kind of bacteria that tells your brain that it's okay to feel good. And as, as everyone knows, I'm the shaman who likes to stay lit and make sure the tribe is lit all day long. And so it's important for us to feel good in our bodies and it's important for us to live a very healthy life. You've Ayurveda is a company that is doing that. They are utilizing the knowledge and understanding of Ayurveda in their company, wild harvested and organically grown herbs that they synergistically create in an Ayurvedic way to be able to give you what you need for your body to sustain health, wellness, and vitality. Everything that they have in their company is based in integrity, ethically sourced from natives who practice sustainability. And I can't begin to tell you how happy I am to share this with you and to have them be one of the sponsors for Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. Their products offer everything from immunity to healthy joints and to healthy mood and healthy digestion and a healthy body. What more can you ask for from a company that is bringing Ayurvedic understanding to the Western world in a way that is supporting us and lifting us and shifting us into the greater possibilities of who we are. So I welcome you to experience Uvita. You can even contact them by going to their website, which is www.uvita.com. And you make your first order, type in the word shaman, which is their code for the Ancient Wisdom Today podcast tribe. And you will get 35% off on your order for your first order of Uvita. But I'm telling you, the moment you start taking this product, you're going to see dramatic change in your body and the way you feel. And that is the best. And as the tribe knows, I'm all about putting the power back in your hands. So go ahead and check out Uvita and use my code SHAMAN. And until then, live healthy always and every day in your life. Love you. Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek is a sixth generation shaman, an evolutionary innovator, and a women's empowerment leader. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. We're sharing ancient knowledge in modern times in order to put the power back in people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. And I love you so much. It's like, let me explain to you how I love you. Well, for one, right, we're all a part of each other. And not just in the sense of like, we're a part of the human race. We're a part of each other because the emanation of creation is operating through each and every one of us as the soul, which means my soul and your soul and everyone else's soul is one soul playing itself out in different bodies. And not only just in the bodies, but it's the animals and the trees and the wind and the sun and the moon and everything in between. So when I say I love you, 
I love you because by loving you, I'm also loving myself. And by loving myself, I'm also loving you. And I think that's a really important thing when it comes to understanding the definition of what it truly means to understand the graces of life, right? Because the graces of life are operating in the field of awareness that we can see the spectrum and that spectrum is held all the time in its most infinite beauty and it's always there and it's always around us. But all we really have to do is to just pay attention, and not just pay attention into like we're paying attention to like something flying above us or maybe there is like a noise happening, you know, outside of us. But paying attention means in understanding the beautiful, delicate nature of life that is represented through us and by us and around us as us. So it becomes this beautiful understanding of the the foundations of of spirit held within the essence of all things. So when I say I love you, I'm not just saying I love you as some word that I'm throwing at you just for the sake of saying it. What I'm basically saying is I love you, which means I love me. And by loving me, I love you, which means I love creation because you are creation. As so is the tree, as so is the flower and the wind and the sun and the stars and the sky and the breath that we breathe is all creation. And so by me acknowledging love for you, it's not that difficult because I already know you. It's just the mind. What happens when we meet someone is that the mind, right, the body, this embodiment that we're in has created certain aspects, what we call the ego, now, a lot of times people want to kill the ego, and I don't suggest you do that because you can't. <laughs> you just can't, right? The, the whole purpose of the ego is it's set up as a way in which to allow you as the creator to create whatever you say through thought, reaction, emotion, and mind, right? That the definition of what you choose life to be through the source code, which you're writing, becomes held within the formation of your ego. So your ego's job is to identify the truth in what you say. So let me give it to you in the easiest way. Let's say, for instance, I'm, I'm, I'm a female and, and I'm saying there's no good men out there, okay? So what happens is the spirits write that take your code of there's no good men out there and transfer that into source. Source then amplifies that out and the ego makes sure. So it's kind of like this. There's no good men out there. And then the spirits say to the ego, okay, ego, make sure you get rid of all the good men and only bring her the bad men. And the men who would cause her um, anything that would be disruptive or painful because she said there's no good men out there and we have to clarify and qualify God's truth as its truth, which is whatever you say and whatever you think. This is why it's so important for us to be mindful. So if I say, you know, life is hard, then of course that spirit is saying, well, hey, ego, so make sure that you make life really difficult, put a lot of obstacles in front of him and make sure that everything he goes through is difficult and challenging and just make it really hard for him. And so the ego does that. And the moment someone comes in and tries to say, well, life is easy, the ego's job is to defend your belief, which means to defend the paradigm of your idea of what life looks like for you in your own, what I call, universe that you've created 
that makes you feel comfortable. So if you feel comfortable having lack and limitation and you believe that money's hard to come by and that life is difficult and things only show up for the rich and famous, well then that is what your ego is going to create. And if you think that life is easy and that things come to you easily and that people are always bringing beautiful things into your life and that everywhere you go, you're lit and you're riding the lit train and you're a lit giant and you're operating with lit understanding and you're lit rocking. And for those of you who don't know what lit rocking is, it means getting things done, right? So you're lit rocking, you're feeling good, you're out there just like sharing that love to everyone. You're lifting and shifting people with your vibration because you are honoring writing code that operates in the field so that your ego then creates the very paradigm in which you choose to live in. And that goes for every single person on the planet. And so you can imagine how many people in the world are actually, you know, self-deprecating and self-destroying like themselves because they are operating in a field of consciousness that they keep wanting to be right about, which is really the key of, you know, what it means to be in our own sense of purgatory, I would say, right? Kind of like Groundhog's Day, loopity loopity loop. It's that whole consciousness of like, oh my God, like I have to be right about the fact that there's like life has to be hard and difficult and money's hard and I have to work hard in order to make ends meet and all these programs that have been like pretty much laid out for you from other people in your life or maybe things you saw on TV or maybe it's just your cultural upbringing or just your family in general has been passing that down from one generation to the next, which we call ancestral curses, which ancestral curses aren't just the words you speak. It's also the spirits that attach to them to make sure that each family member is indoctrinated in that curse and the curse continues to go on. And therefore the spirit that's a part of that gets the feed off of all of the different energies of each family member through each bloodline, you know, that it's getting to pass through, which even the ones who ever get married together gets to pass to the bloodline of the person they're getting in relationships with and so on and so on. That's why it's very important for you not to believe what your mate says when it's coming from a place of lack, limitation, and scarcity thinking, because literally they're poisoning you with the poison that they've been fed from their parents and their ancestors, who someone down the ancestral line made some really off-the-wall decision to believe in something based in lack and limitation, and therefore decided to be right about it with their ego, and therefore pass it on to the next generation, and the next generation, and next generation, until it got to you. And the only way that you could literally stop this curse or limit it from like going any further and actually save all of your family members is to rebel against the machine. Rebel against the machine. I really like the way that sounds. I, it reminds me of my, well, those still on my days. Like, <laughs> I'm always going to be a rebel. But truly, like, what is a real rebel? A real rebel is a pioneer. It's an innovator. It's a person who thinks outside of the box, a person who's not ready to be indoctrinated by a bunch of bullshit in a world that is wanting them to land in Sheep City and take an apartment or a flat or a condo or a palace or whatever the heck you have you in Sheep City. Because, you know, there are different levels in Sheep City that you can land in. And first of all, I don't want to land in there anyway because it's no fun. And I'm sure you've heard... Sheep City is not the place to hang, right? So no one wants to go to Sheep City and no one needs indoctrinations. And most importantly, a true rebel is someone who's ready to break the rules of the nonsense that's being 
telegraphed or, you know, sent out through family, through friends or through media or through whatever have you and realize that all of this information, if it's not qualified by amplifying love, amplifying prosperity, amplifying health and wellness and optimum understanding of self to recognize self-realization in this embodiment, not like you have to do it because you have bad karma and you can't get it in this life, but you get it in your next life, which is so linear and truly linear doesn't exist. Of course, in the matrix, they want you to believe it exists. So that way you follow that line and stay on that line until you basically are off that line. Then you get to the other side and you realize you've been duped. But the point of the matter is, is that you're not in a linear perspective. You're actually in a quantum perspective, like this multiple dimensions existing all at once experience. And literally, if you keep your mind in that awareness, you realize that any information that's sent to you to lower you, limit you, oppress you, or basically just squench your light out of you, is literally worth rebelling against. And I don't care if you were like born in a family of religious, like indoctrinated leaders and they all led churches throughout their whole life and it got to you and they're like, okay, everything you're doing is, is a sin and you're all gonna go to hell. Rebel against them because you're literally saving them. They don't even realize that you're actually the one that they've actually been waiting for. You are the Christ come back to earth to actually wake them up and be like, hey, yo, you thought the Christ was gonna come on some like silvery white horse and come down and like, you know, send all the sinners to hell and like take all of us up to heaven. What if I told you that I'm the Christ incarnate and the love that's inside of my heart is here to actually rebel against you and your nonsense and lift you and shift you to a higher perspective by watching me watch you fall apart by me living my truth outside of your lies and your indoctrinations. That's kind of how it goes. It's kind of like whap, 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 whap with love, of course. Like you're not going to slap anyone for real, but literally you're giving someone like I love slap with a love tap, with a realize that it's time to shake them up, wake them up, right? But you're not doing it like literally, like you're actually taking your hand across their face or doing any that kind of stuff because that's just not something you want to do. And you know how we have that no abuse zone policy that also goes for you as well. What I'm basically saying is, is that you're doing it metaphorically. You're doing it in this very spiritual way. You're doing it by living out loud and living giant and lit and, and, and fabulous in your beingness. That doesn't mean like, you have to roll around in like Benzes and things. But if that's what makes you happy, then go ahead and do it as long as it's amplifying love in the world and amplifying great creativity and energies and everything to help our species. So if you want to roll around and like, you know, whatever the newest cool car is and wear the dopest clothes and all that stuff, like do it. If it's amplifying your power of love into the world and making you feel that you're actually lifting and shifting other people by being you which is really what it's about. Because think about it. If we are all the embodiment of the creation is you, is me, is the tree, is the flower, and the ant that's walking through the woods right now, then literally we have to recognize the beauty of the grace of all of that, which is and always will be this eternal presence that is constantly manifesting itself in many different forms. And so when we actually show up with love and not just love that is based in like, you know, definitions of love or like rules around love or like, I love you when. You never want to go for the I love you when. That's like the death grip, right? I love you when, blah, blah, blah. That's not love. That's, that's basically... That's basically conditional and controlling and a little bit manipulative, if you ask me. So let's kind of like close that door and literally go into the door of limitless possibility, which is unconditional love, which is I love you however you choose to show up today, however you choose to be, whatever you choose to say. 
however you are, if you're blue today or green tomorrow or yellow or orange or pink, or if you're some new color that I've never seen before, I'm just going to love you. And it's all good. And you can talk to me about anything. And I'm not going to be upset with you. I'm not going to be annoyed with you. I'm not going to put rules and ideas and expectations on you because you know why? Because I love you unconditionally. That means like, I'm not quite sure exactly what you're supposed to be in this life. And you know what? I'm not here to figure it out either. What I'm here to do is make space for you to be whoever the hell you want to be. And whatever that is, I love it. And so that's the cool thing about really loving creation because you realize that like, well, you know, you realize that creation is not a checkbox and it's not some kind of word that comes with like a whole definition of how you can actually box up creation or source or God or Allah or you know, Buddha or Christ or, you know, what have you, Jehovah, and put it in some kind of box and, you know, and then put some kind of label on it and give it a bunch of definitions and think that it fits into the understanding of your world, which is not possible because the limitless expansion of creation is limitless. Let's go back to that hashtag limitless. Limitless meaning without limits. That means that things that you couldn't even possibly imagine, and if you could imagine, it would probably be more than what you could imagine, and even then you couldn't imagine it because it would be even more than that than what you can imagine because creation can't be formed or solidified into a structure because it's limitless. That means that it can change its shape at any given time into something that you would never think it could change its shape into. That's... Pretty rock and roll, if you ask me. Yeah. Let's just pause on that for a second. Wow. Creation can change its shape into whatever it wants to, into things you wouldn't even think it could. Huh. How's that for an eye-opener? The point is, is that if you really think about it, the core inside of your being is creation. So... The fact that you're trying to animate yourself into a world, the structures and rules and conditions and ideas and like labels and a whole list of things that really don't really have anything to do with anything but anything that would be you because you can't be formed into anything other than whatever it is you want to be in the moment, then you're limitless. But to understand that, then you would have to say that and acknowledge that so that your ego can then show you examples of what that limitless looks like. Right, ego? Yeah. I love the ego. And, you know, when people talk about, like, you got to transcend your ego and blah, 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 like, all of this, like, new age jargon stuff, like, transcend your ego, man. Like, you know, you got to, like, you got to kill your ego and you got to, like, form yourself into this newborn child and, like, this little babe and, like, suckle from the nipple of life. I'm sorry. I love you guys. But a little bit less of the marijuana, please. Because the thing is, is that the ego keeps you in physical embodiment. Let's face it. You're in a planet where it's a little different from where we come from. And I hate to tell you, but if you didn't have the ego, you probably wouldn't stay here. So I think it's really important to be very grateful to the ego that keeps you on planet Earth so that you can carry out this love journey, this ambassadorship of love to free our brothers and sisters from the dark realms of the underworld who are trapped in hiding themselves from the light and polluting the minds of people in order to tell their story of the things that they couldn't transcend and hope that the person who would wake up, who they're actually 
infiltrating through consciousness would wake up and recognize that they could transcend it if they just stepped into a place of unconditional love and acceptance, which is not that difficult to do, but the world doesn't make it all that easy when you're like constantly being bombarded with news reports of how horrible and everything is so ugly and disgusting and the world is falling apart and there's pollution and there's this and there's death and decay and, and war and ISIS and this thing and that thing and everyone is fighting and all these indifferences and all these social issues and all these men versus women and women on the tack and all these different things that are happening globally, which is basically all just reformed energy that hasn't yet been transmuted through the lens of love, for the sake of love, for the understanding of love, for harmony and grace on our planet. But we're still basically fighting it the same way that we fight diseases in hospitals with this very kind of like separatism and this like divisive way of, you know, treating it like it's its own separate entity or island or you know thing that's just there and it's irritating us and we just feel like we should just destroy it or get rid of it and we'll have peace of mind the reality of it is which you'll learn after you die or you can learn right now so here's the cool thing and i'm going to share it with you if you destroy anything it's not destroyed it just finds a new way of developing until you can actually bring it through the formation of love now hold on I know you just had a mind blow, but listen again. I'm going to say it to you again, but I'm going to give it to you in a different way so you can play with your brain that's going like, what did the shaman just say? I just said something that unlocks a door with a really cool key that opens up a new way of looking. However, in order for you to get in that door, you got to hear it one more time. So I'm going to say it to you again. Now, think of it like this, right? Everything that People think they're destroying or killing or getting rid of. They think they're getting rid of it, but they're not. They're just getting rid of the physical aspect of it. The energy form itself, if not transmitted or should I say transmutated through love, unconditional love, not love because you do this or that or the other and because you meet all my rules and standards and therefore I think you valuable to receive love, but unconditional love, which means I hold space for you to show up however you want to and love you unconditionally and give you love, nurturing, respect, and kindness because that is the nature of my being and therefore that energy translates to you and therefore all of your cells and energies in your body and everything begins to open up that vibration of love and you begin to emanate that to other people as well because you actually have someone who actually loves you unconditionally and sort of putting conditions and rules on you that keep you trapped and limited in a very divisive um, system that wants to segregate you as bad or good for the sake of being good, which is actually really the sake of being bad if you look at it from a dualistic uh, quantum entanglement position. However, the quality of it is really simple. It's like no matter what you destroy on planet Earth, no matter how many people you kill, no matter how many races you try to take off the planet or how many like uh, like infractures towards society you create, be it like racism or war or religion or whatever it is that you claim is more holier and why you think you have a right to destroy it or even animals for that nature, you're literally not getting rid of the energy. You're just taking the physical biological aspect and sending it back to the earth, but the energy itself stays on the earth. Yeah. Yeah. How's that? Is that? Did you get a mind blow there? I got a mind blown just by talking about it. So the energy stays on earth. And then what happens? That energy then goes into the people and then they take over and create the same thing that you thought you got rid of. And it just comes in a different embodiment and shows up in more drastic ways. So the more you keep destroying things without 
transmuting it through love or rehabilitating it through love, which either or is the same, you are literally going to be dealing with the same old, same old, same old for as long as you can before you decide to just completely make it impossible for you to live on the crust of the planet because you've created so much discord and dissension that you just couldn't get it. And then we're just going to have to recreate another earth for you to do it again. But it's already created. The point I'm making is this. On a quantum level, we've already succeeded in bringing the darkness into the light. But remember, being quantum means every reality exists, not just the ones you feel comfortable with. That means that consciously in this dimension, we are actually shifting into those other dimensions relatively based upon how we choose to think and act collectively and individually. That means for some people, they're living in complete hell on earth. And for others, they're living in heaven. And for some, they're living in between both. And the thing is, then there's people who are just completely living oblivious that there even is a problem at all. And there's all kinds of things going on. There are multiple dimensions of reality existing on Earth simultaneously, which is what makes things quantum. Because the idea of quantum is that all reality exists, is not just the ones you think exist, but even the ones you haven't even thought exist, exist. That's how cool it is. But the question is, which one do you want to exist in? Hmm. Now that's a thought. Because if you think about it, have you ever asked yourself that question? Like, what reality of all of the different realities do you want to live in? Like, do you want to live in a world where love is everly present? Um, I say everly, but yeah, I like that word. It's cool. Love is everly present. It's always there. It's always present. It's always presenting itself because you have aligned your ego with the understanding that love is what you see and hear and experience no matter what is taking place. And so therefore, your ego then brings you exactly what you believe as the creator. Now, a lot of times people say like, so you mean I just have to think it? Eh, I'm sorry to tell you, but Mm, it's not just about your thinking. It's also your reaction. Every time you react, you're creating. Every time you think, you're creating. Every time you talk, you're creating. And if you choose to feel something and react to it, you're creating. And so that's one aspect. Then you have the aspect of movement. So whatever you choose to move or gravitate to, you're accepting, which is also creating. And anything that you actually choose to um, put your focus on, right, which is your mind or your eyes, uh, you choose to look at destruction or you choose to look at love, you're also putting your energy there, which means you're creating. So to be an excellent creator and juggle the one juggling ball that you really need to be juggling, because the way it sounds, it makes it seem like you're juggling like eight or 10 or 20 balls, which in fact, you're actually juggling one ball, which is basically understanding that if you operate from the consensus of love from within and love from without, love internal recognizes that the consciousness of any one experience is based upon the perception of one's understanding of focus from within themselves. So if you are dealing with any kind of discord or energy from the outside, it means that you have that already going on on the inside. Newsflash. Turn around, go inside, and show up with love, which means take responsibility and take a look at your shadow who loves you, who's holding all the junkery that you don't take responsibility for. And it's time for you to start taking away some of its load so that its light can shine and really show you that the shadow is really your light in disguise.
disguising itself because you've actually dumped all your trash into its yard and it's holding on to your trash until you're ready to show up and say, hey, I'm responsible now. I'm ready to take responsibility and love this thing free instead of holding on to it and making judgments about it and having comments about it and all kinds of things because literally it's just a waste of time. So when we get into the aspect of understanding the ego, we understand that the ego, people will say, you know, oh, well, it's your ego talking. Uh, yeah, if I'm actually honoring my truth, me basically being me is like my ego helps me to identify myself in this world. The ego talking, I mean, people have formulated this idea that the ego like is this thing that like says things only from a, pos a position of like, I'm better and I'm grander and I'm greater than you. And therefore that's the ego talking. <laughs> Wake up call. Here's the thing. That's the bell right there. That's the wake up. Okay. So the ego can also be talking when you're coming from a place of love and empowerment, when you're telling the world how amazing and powerful they are and how they can shift and lift themselves to higher levels and ride that lit train. That's also ego. Ego is anything that is creating an understanding of dimension and reality based on the individual. So because I say to you, ride the lit train, because you ride the lit train, you're going to stay lit. That's the ego talking. But if I say to you, oh, you know, well, you know, I'm so this and I'm so that and whatever. That's also the ego talking. It's just talking from a place of insecurity and fear. See, the ego isn't a bad thing or a good thing. The ego is a clarifier. It just kind of like, I call it the great paperweight. It's this clarifier. It clarifies your reality based upon your thought or your reaction or the things that I told you that you're doing when you're creating and makes it real for you so you stay in this embodiment. Because God forbid, if you didn't have an ego, you'd come here, you'd check out the scene, you'd feel that you have to go to the bathroom and do any of these things and you'd be like, I'm out. Like, this is not for me. The fact that you can't change the chair to a table or a table to a wall or a shovel or, hey, maybe you even want to just like change yourself into like something mystical. Maybe you want blue skin with green eyes or you want pink skin with like yellow hair. Well, the thing is on the other side in the realm of light, you can do all that and more. But here you got density, right? So you've got like all of these atoms being held in the light. The, the light is being held and contained and you have this matter. So you have this intensity of structure. So when you're actually touching something, you're not really touching it, but you're actually touching the energy frequency of both you as matter, which is your biological spacesuit, touching the other thing that is matter. So the reality is though, that the things that can touch beyond those things would be like your thoughts, your emotions, which means your feelings, right? Those things can pass through walls and can feel into walls and can feel into materials. And your mind can travel into many different dimensions, which of course I'm not going to go into right now in today's share because that's like a whole share onto itself. Like your mind being the time machine. Like if you've ever seen Back to the Future, the time machine is real. However, your mind, doop, it accesses those levels like wow but we're not going to go into that let's stay focused about the ego so the ego right operates as this identifier of your truth as according to you as the creator 
which could be very different from my truth as a creator. But the moment you actually feel threatened by another person because they're different or in contrast to you, that's because you feel that your world or your understanding of the world is actually greater or lesser than another person. Instead of merging into all this beauty and energy that is different and different colors and all of these things, which I'm sure you've heard me talk about in other shares when I talk about like all the many color crayons in a crayon box. Yes. So the thing is, is all of that energy and all of that exists simultaneously happening and you can choose whatever energies you want to tap into. But a lot of people put these resonance on it, like one is greater than the other. So then you get this duality, like this is black, this is white, this is men, this is women, this is this, this is that. And it creates this construct of conflicting energies, which when someone is operating in a conflicting field and they don't feel safe to be in that conflicting field because they feel like someone is threatening their reality, they go to war. They go to insult, they go to injury, they go to do anything they can to make the other person be disqualified in their existence instead of realizing that they're living as a quantum being in a world, in a universe, in a dimension that holds many frequencies and many colors and many dimensions and many doors and many passageways and yada, 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 the list goes on. I'm sure you get the point. So, yeah. So, the thing is, Wherever you are in whatever dimensional gate you are operating from with whatever filters you have on in that gate, or if you have them on or if you don't have them on, which is completely up to you, your ego's job is to maintain that boundary of structure that you've created in your idea of what you think is. So... In shamanism, the way we're trained in shamanism is that we're trained to look outside of our own structures so that way nothing is um, held in solid form. So I'm not trapped in one dimension where I can't get out of it. If I have a belief system about something, I have to be willing to keep fluid about it, meaning like I would be open to other people's belief systems and then see how they all connect in this beautiful color cram box that I speak about. This ray of colors, like this amazing kaleidoscope of energy and be okay with even stepping out of that kaleidoscope into another dimensional understanding of something I've never even thought would be possible. And that's how we move as shamans is to be able to go from one unknown to the next unknown to the next unknown to the next unknown and to the next unknown and the next unknown and the next unknown and keep going and going and going and going. The difference is, though, in shamanism, our purpose of going into these unknowns is to be able to unravel things that are trapping or limiting people from seeing their potential, or should I say their power, in being able to flourish and be able to expand and be able to, you know, evolve, right, beyond the narrative of where they are to something greater that's more beautiful and more defined in the nature of their fluidness to be the infinite creator that they are, which cannot be held in any kind of box or rule or dimension that has any four corners and four walls. Because that just couldn't be possible. If you recognize yourself as the limitless creator, you would realize that every day you could recreate yourself completely different and be comfortable with that. And that would be okay. However, 
human beings expect you to be a certain way and then they expect you to fit into what they feel is comfortable as according to what they've been indoctrinated with or that they've been schooled with because the system's whole thing is to indoctrinate you in a linear thinking of a beginning and an end and put you into an indoctrination of limited vibration versus limitless vibration, which literally a limited vibration makes you believe that you have to accept the perimeters in which you are in without question or reason or or even like speculation. So a lot of people are beholding to looking for this kind of like escape of these dimensional gates. And that's why they're looking towards like plant medicines like ayahuasca and iboga and like, you know, morning glory and like, you know, the list goes on, combo and sapo and like you name it, right? And there's all a bunch of new ones that I'm sure will come about. Because people are searching for how the hell do I get out of this box that I was, you know, put in. And the reality of it is, is that even that can be used in the matrix against you. Because if you are seeking outside of yourself, such as like for a plant medicine to be the one that gets you out of the box then you're going to keep seeking for more plant medicine because you're going to keep going back in the box because the matrix will keep finding your weaknesses and move faster than you to reconstruct the new box to put you in. And therefore, because you haven't found it within your inner core, like within yourself, like you are the ayahuasca, you are the acid, you are the MDMA, you are uh, any type of, you know, psychosyllabin, you are every single type of thing that could be used to alter your perception on any level you are all of it like you are everything and all like you are the cocaine like you are everything so like there's really no reason for you to to put any outside substance in your body the only thing is your body is all of that and more so you know you can be the ayahuasca you can be the mdma you can be any of these things you know so it's like i don't need to take quote unquote, what people would call drugs, because I am the drug, right? And that's basically how you transcend them from putting you back in the box. But what happens is people become codependent upon these medicines because they think that these medicines are the thing that got them out of the box. They don't realize that the medicine was just basically giving them kind of like uh, an understanding that the box isn't really there. And then once they actually allowed themselves to see that because of the medicines, then they got themselves out of the box themselves. But the medicine was just there kind of like nudging them along. However, people still like to believe that it was the medicine that did it, but that's fine. I mean, that's what they want to believe. But understand this, once the medicine gets out of your system, you're back inside the box that you started in because you are believing that it was the medicine that kept you out of the box and said if it was you who empowered yourself from within and saw the power and the nature of your being that is eternal and blissful and like beyond any kind of structure that could ever try to trap it. And therefore, you are able to be mutable and changeable and fluid and liquid and like a smoke smoke, and you can move in and out of crevices and anything. And you can even evaporate into things and absorb it and come out of it and, and, and all in between. And so therefore, that, that gives you this amazing proclivity of realizing resistance is an illusion and that the resistance on our planet is utilized, or should we say darkness, is utilized as an evolutionary tool, which you can utilize it for, or you can transcend it through love and realize that every obstacle and everything that presents itself to you is just there to get you to shift your energy into another form or into another dimensional form and shift the narrative 
narrative of the story, meaning like literally being what I would call the sorcerer's apprentice, which is literally learning how to utilize writing the story yourself instead of you playing out the story that's, that you feel is being written for you because you're unwilling to be woke to see that you're the one writing the story. So the ego's job is to make sure that you believe whatever it is you're writing to become the narrative that you actually are starting to live in. So the ego's job is to make you live in the narrative, but also make you define yourself in that narrative so you stay in it and absorb it and learn what you need to learn while you're transversing through that narrative. But it doesn't, the ego's whole purpose is to be able to be mutable by your consciousness, meaning it can change the narrative by you changing the way you think and the way that you choose to perceive. So the reality is you can transcend the ego by transcending yourself, right? The ego is just there to be like, hey, this is the narrative. Stay in the narrative. Learn what you need to learn from the narrative. And if you want to change it, then change it, God, creator, source, however you want to interpret yourself. So the thing is, is that if we begin to operate in this field where we live in this idea that we're actually trapped and that the only thing that can get us out is like these certain things or you have to have some abusive, painful thing happen to you to jar you out of the narrative that you've been accepting, then what it means is, is that you're not really utilizing your ego in the best way, truly. Because, I mean, for myself, and I'm not saying that I'm the master of my ego. I, I, I would be, you know, I catch myself and I'm like, oops, wait a second. I've been going in this narrative and I've been playing in this world of this narrative that I've created with my ego. But now it's time for me to take a quantum leap into a new narrative and just keep remembering that I'm this fluid being and not stuck in one storyline. Like, it doesn't mean like, you know, if my book is like, you know, it's kind of like Alice in Wonderland, which I like to use a lot because it's like amazing because Alice in Wonderland or The Looking Glass or any of these things are based on these narratives, these ideas that Alice is going into a world where she can't control because it's constantly changing as she changes. But she doesn't realize that. She doesn't realize that the world is changing as she changes because she doesn't understand that the idea of her eating the mushroom or becoming bigger or smaller is really her choice and that the mushroom is just a narrative to get her to believe in her choice. And so every single character in there represents an aspect of herself and therefore she's operating through the narrative that she's creating. And when she begins to understand that the reason why she has to go back into that, which we talk about the looking glass, it's because she's changing the narrative to look at it from a different angle or to go even deeper into herself, which is really what it means to be a cosmonaut, right? To be a cosmonaut is someone who's able to go beyond the unknown into other unknowns that exist beyond that unknown that are sitting inside of an unknown of an unknown of an unknown and be able to be this cosmonaut who's able to go out there like an astronaut and travel through all these different narratives, but not be held or restricted in one narrative or the other. And that's really quantum leaping. Quantum leaping is literally being able to jump from one place to the next after you've had fun playing in the narrative that you've been experiencing. However, people get so caught up in the reality of those narratives because of the ego. Because the ego's job is to make sure it holds the, per- the perimeter of your narrative so that way you can play in that world. It's kind of like going, like putting a toy box in front of you, right? And so that's one narrative. Like you're in that toy box and like only in that toy box there's like a bucket and there's like a shovel and there's a ball. And that's all you have in that narrative. But then 
But that ego keeps you there. It doesn't show you all the other toy boxes that you can go into and play and all the different toys that are available to you. You're stuck in one narrative and then your ego holds that narrative for you. And then when you're done playing, you're supposed to shift your consciousness and then your ego shifts with you and then you go into another toy box. And this time there's a truck and there's a Barbie doll and there's like a little bird. And then you shift and go into another one, another one. And then you realize, oh my God, I'm a quantum leaper. I am literally quantum leaping through life and all of these different experiences. And then you can actually shift the narrative to your other dimensional selves where you're actually jumping into their consciousness. And then you can shift the narrative again and jump into other people's consciousness. And then before you know it, you're literally recognizing yourself as this multidimensional being that cannot be held or restricted on any level. And that's where we're supposed to be. That's fifth dimensional right there, baby. That's like fifth dimensional, you know, magic in the making. Or, you know, magic made, really. And so the, the, the core is understanding your ego. It's not about looking at your ego as this monster, which is, would be a narrative onto itself. Like your own, one of your playgrounds that you play in is like this ego is trying to battle you and you're trying to like overcome this ego and these monsters are coming to get you and you better run quickly. And, you know, it's like the dream world. Think about it. Every night, if you dream, if you don't dream, it means you're overloaded and it's time to dump some files. But if you do dream, right, and we can get into that in another share, we can get like really deep into the dream stuff, right? So, because shamanism, we, we really look at the dreams as a really wonderful tool to recognize the limitless that we are. So the dream, right, is like one narrative. And then like you're playing a character, things are happening to you. You're either flying or you're fighting something or you're dealing with things and whatever. But that's the narrative. And then it changes and changes and changes the more you begin to develop the awareness that you're in the dream and that you can jump from other dreams. And then you become lucid where you get to create the dream and learn from what you need to learn from in the astral plane, which... It's a pretty cool place, if you ask me, because then you get to meet all kinds of cool beings and, you know, and then you get to find out if they have a body or if they don't have a body or they're coming from another dimension, like all this stuff. It's just super fun. But we'll talk about that in a dream share. But right now, what I'm explaining to you and the reason why I'm using the dreams as a way to kind of show you how these, these sandboxes or should I say toy boxes or should I say dimensional gates of reality are formed is that the ego's job is to create a definition, a defined uh, perimeter for you to play in, like a sandbox. You know, like when you're in school, like I remember being in, in school, we had a tire swing. I remember if, clearly a uh, tire swing and then there was like tan bark and then there was like another kind of like merry-go-round thing that you would have to push with the kids would hang on to. And then there was like a swing set and then there was like a slide and whatever. And then around that tan bark of the tan bark and then there was like a box. It was like a whole box. And so the teachers would put us in there and say, okay, it's playtime, it's recess. And then... If the kids left the box, they're like, get back inside the playground. So that's where they were. So the teachers were the ego. Their job was to make sure the kids don't leave that box during recess so they don't get lost running around the schoolyard and end up in who knows what and where. So they would say, stay inside the playground. And the playground is your perimeter. And the teachers were the ego. They're like, this is your playground. This is what you have to play with. This is what's available. It's the same thing the ego is doing. The ego is like, okay, so you say there's no good men out there. So we're going to make sure that in this play box that you built, there are no good men and you're only dealing with really uncomfortable men. Or maybe it's like you don't believe there's enough money or maybe you believe that like you're never going to get better. And so we're just going to make sure that everything in there makes that 
you know, your reality until you're ready to shift. And then the ego's like, okay, so you now, what else would you like to go? Where else would you like to travel, God? And then wherever you go, I'll create a perimeter. And so you can have playtime in that box. So you don't get distracted all these other boxes that exist that are like quantum, like billions and billions and billions of other boxes that you haven't even thought about or even come into contacts with because of the fact that you need to see what's in the box that you've created. And the biggest thing that people don't understand is that, you know, the ego really is a pretty cool, you know, teacher on the playground. Because it's saying like, hey, stay in the box and play and learn what you need to learn from this box. And then let's go over to this box and play. But the thing is, you forgot that that's what the ego does. You forgot that you're not trapped in that box. The matrix is a system that wants you to believe that you are trapped in that box and makes you turn against your ego and turn against yourself by making you build a narrative against yourself so you're afraid to recognize the consciousness of being awake, which means lucid, which means you're able to recognize that that's one box out of billions and zillions of other boxes which you could play in and learn and have fun and experience things in and that none of it or any of it has any control over you and you get to decide what is and what isn't based upon, again, how you choose to operate in that field of consciousness. Now, I'll say this to you. A lot of people don't know that. Right. And that's the reason why it's important for us to build the tribe for ancient wisdom today. Not just because it's about building followers. No, it's about building leaders. People don't know that they're in a box. They've forgotten. They've let the matrix confuse them by making them believe that this is all that exists, that that's all that's there. And they be and the ego then just keeps tightening up the perimeters and tightening up the perimeters until that teacher who's outside of the box saying, Don't step out of the box, who giggled and laughed that you actually left the box to go run around somewhere else around the school and ask you to go back to it, becomes very vicious and upset. Because you have made it clear to the ego that you need the ego to, to yell at you and tell, I said, don't leave the box. And that's what you ask the ego to do. The ego is just doing whatever you ask it to do to keep a perimeter that you've asked it to keep. So the more and more judgmental, the more and more close-minded, close the more and more fear you have, the more tighter your ego becomes with you and creates a stronger perimeter and makes it that no one can even penetrate it. So what happens is you come across another person and that person comes in and that person goes, oh my God, wow, well, look at your box. Did you know there's this other box that we could go play in? And the ego had created such a perimeter because you have so much fear and you have all this stuff going on inside your box. The ego turns the person and goes, you're not allowed to show them these other boxes exist. So now I have to fight you. I have to go against your narrative of what you're trying to bring into this box. So it becomes a guard and it becomes your own, it builds a fortress around your box and becomes this big fortress with guards around it, with swords and daggers and all kinds of things that it can find to make sure that you don't penetrate into their box with the stuff that's going on in your box or your other realities that you've seen is possible. And that's why people 
get what we call closed-minded, or they fight, or they become defensive. When people get defensive, realize it's because they built an, a fear that there's other sandboxes to play in, and they only want to be in the one they're in, and so the ego has now become a guardian of the box. Defensive people, remember, when people are defensive, it's because they have guardians of the box. That means the ego is not just this happy school teacher who's saying, hey, keep your stay in the box, honey, so you can play and learn and have fun with all with everyone who's inside your box. Now the ego is going, you can never leave the box. I'm the guard of this box. I'm the guardian of this box. And therefore, the ego then becomes vicious to anyone who tries to dare enter that box. I mean, you're talking guard dogs, you're talking soldiers, you're talking whatever needs to happen will happen. And this is why we have war. And this is why we have intolerance. And this is why we have people fighting over really like unnecessary things to fight over and can't figure out how to bring harmony and peace on a planet with intelligent people because they're stuck in their box and they've created an ego that wants to be right, that their box is the only one that exists and anything that would come in to let them know that there's something different out there is a threat to their world and will be met with force, violence, anger, you name it, because now they have changed their narrative to battle box. Battle box. I'm going to say it again. They've changed their narrative to battle box. And when you deal with people who are changing their narrative to battle box, here's what you do. I love you. Continue believing whatever it is you need to believe. I, you know, I, I, I love you. And when you're ready to see other realities or when you're comfortable and when you feel safe enough to venture outside of that box or to look at the part of the guard that's keeping you in that box, we shall talk. But you don't fight them. You don't you don't argue with them. You don't get get upset because they say con they say rude or uh, things to you or put you down or say things because they're only defending their box because now they're in battle box. They're living a battle box existence, and you cannot interfere with that until they're ready to take down those guards and look at how much they're missing. And that may take a whole lifetime. I know people who go their whole life stuck in their box and never leave until they get to the other side, and then they're like, oh... I had no idea I was stuck in that box. And then they might make a decision that they quantumly might want to merge with another bunch of spirits who choose another body and come in and experience not doing that this time around or what you would call around or what you would just say is happening simultaneously in another dimension. So the thing is we want to be... We want to be aware of that. And we want to be aware that any defensiveness should be met with love, not met with defensiveness. Because you can't get people to change their battle box by fighting them, by doing the same thing they're doing to themselves and coming at them in the exact same way. That's why, like I always say to people, conflict in all of these things can only be met with love. You can never meet anything that is in opposition to what you're saying or what you understand exists and trying to share that existence of, re of relation and understanding of its, of its nature with another person who's stuck in a battle box. A battle box person wants to stay in their world and in their lane and don't want to come out of that until they're ready to feel safe enough to look beyond the boundaries of their box. And 
To do so, they're going to have to confront the ego that they've created that kept them in the box because they were so fearful and they kept sending out that message to their ego and their ego kept creating more and more ways to um, to deal with their fear. So remember, your ego gives you exactly what it is that you believe about your world. So if you're a fear-based person and, you're, and you are constantly living in fear of hearing the truth or learning about the truth or going through other dimensional gates of the unknown, then you will be locked in a box with your own power and the ego that that serves you to support you in creating the perimeter so you can play in that narrative will keep you in that narrative as long as you're afraid because you don't want to come outside of that box because you're afraid that there's other things outside that you have no control over. And that's what causes internal dissension against ourselves. And that's when we create all types of um, issues in our life. And that's when you see people breaking themselves down and going to drugs and alcohol and doing all of these things because they're stuck in a narrative that either their parents or their or their social group or their cultural group or their religion or their belief system or whatever it may be or even themselves right created for them to stay in their box and they became so fearful of other realities that exist quantumly outside of their box that they turned their box into a battle box so anyone who comes near the perimeter of their box is immediately attacked immediately you know pushed away and shoved away and so forth and so when you're dealing with people who've turned to alcohol, to drugs, and to anything outside of themselves that they think protects them from having to deal with the truth that is wanting to illuminate them so they can illuminate their ego so they can get out of that box, you have to either, one, just demonstrate love, two, give them space, three, ask them if there's anything that you can do to support them from where they're at, and four, just constantly shine the highest truth onto them. I know you're strong. I know you're powerful. And I know when you're ready, you'll come out of this and you're going to be triumphant. And just hold that energy for them around their perimeter. And what will happen eventually is it will seep in somehow. Somehow the guard of their ego will not be paying attention or be on the right side of the box and it will seep in and they'll get little glimpses of that energy. Because remember, They are you and you are them, meaning that creation is giant and each of itself is in every person and everything. And so therefore, they will eventually, over time, if you hold that energy for them, they will have an awakening and come out of their sleep while they're inside of their box and take down their ego and peek outside and see that there's all these other dimensions that exist and all these other places where joy and love and happiness exist. And they will choose to seek someone who stayed there in that space of love for them and be able to gravitate and say, hey, I notice you're having so much fun. Hey, I notice you're constantly have prosperity. Hey, I notice beautiful things are always happening to you. How do I have that too? And then you teach them, well, there's this other box that exists and you just have to change the narrative and your ego will follow along and everything will just flow and go into place and it'll be in alignment and you won't have to hustle yourself into that box. You just go right into it by quantum leaping yourself into it by changing the narrative. And that's really where you begin to see yourself as a true, um, what we call master of resistance and really begin to understand how to stretch yourself in, in throughout the universe both you know cosmically and interdimensionally as well as consciously and emotionally and so forth 
And that's how we step into new paradigms. And that's how we operate new consensus of thought and ideas and innovations into the world because we recognize the, the ability to create and step into all of these different other realities by going through the unknown into the unknown and the unknown and knowing it's okay to transverse other narrative, which means other boxes, other playgrounds, and play in them for a little bit and then shift completely out of them and jump into another uh, quantum leap into something that's completely different from what we've known. And that that is a better place to be, energetically speaking, where you're not putting labels and rules and conditions upon yourself of what's possible, but you actually start operating from you know, the the idea that everything is possible, if you're willing to perceive it, and then you can believe it. And then that's when you step into understanding. So you're not going into, you know, what isn't possible to what is possible. Recognizing that the core energy of what is possible is the key forefront of recognizing that possibility does exist. And that's the curiosity. And the curiosity does not kill the cat. P.S. That whole thing like curiosity killed the cat. No, it didn't. Curiosity didn't just kill the cat. It didn't kill the cat. It made the cat a jaguar. It made the cat a lion. It made the cat fierce. So recognize that curiosity is not killing the cat. Curiosity is making the cat that was a little house cat into a jaguar, into a lion, into a leopard, into this fierce feline power, right? So recognize that right? And get your roar on. Because if you really want to live a lit life, then I'm giving you the keys to do it by looking at and understanding the dimensions of reality that have been passed down through shamanic lineages. And I'm transforming it in a way that you can understand in a modern context to give you the understandings and the beautiful keys that I've laid in front of you in today's share so that you can open up a doorway to recognize all the stargates of quantum leaping that's available to you. There are many playgrounds to transverse. So get excited and get, and if you're someone like me who loves to travel, uh, you don't have to just travel to people, places like Paris or London or to, you know, Israel or to Greece or to wherever, right? You get to travel, not just in the physical, but you also get to travel interdimensionally and through different narratives and different ideas and different thoughts and different ways and perceptions in which to see other dimensional gates present themselves here on earth, where you get to live and experience earth in many different ways and not just in the one that your parents chose or your guardians chose or your school teacher chose or the person on TV chose for you or your best friend or your husband or your wife chose for you because you weren't able to see see and understand that you are the sorcerer's apprentice, you are the writer of your script, and you are able to write new narratives and jump into those realities and have a super amazing ego that will create a box for you to play in and so that you will be able to take all that you need from that playground. And then when you're ready to jump into another playground and experience new toys and new fun things, just change the narrative and your ego will follow. Don't kill your ego. Because again, <laughs> you can't. And that's the reality. I love you all so much. And 
you know, being able to transverse many realities of thought, consciousness, and feeling and experience of expression on earth is beyond the greatest gift you could ever give to yourself, more greater than you saving up money to go to the Fiji Islands. It is a gift that keeps on giving because it's eternal and it's blissful and it's amazing to experience all the many different levels of consciousness that exist and realize that you're not beholden to any of them if you choose and recognize yourself as this lucid, liquid, like amazing, unmutable creator that can change at any given moment and be someone completely different. And all you have to do is write the narrative and your beautiful ego that loves you will create the perimeters that you can go into so you can explore, expand, and play. And then when you're done, it can go with you to the other boxes that exist. And if you're a person who's stuck in a battle box, here's an idea for you. It's okay to um, wake up inside of the matrix and know that you're going to be okay. All you simply have to do is realize that what you're experiencing isn't the truth of all truths. It is one truth of many truths. And you can transverse to other truths and other dimensions and be safe and loved and supported. And you can do it. And I love you. So come, let's go. And let's go visit other dimensional gates together. And let's live a lit giant experience. And let's truly, truly get into the space of lit rocking and understanding like what it means to literally get the energies and the places and all the experiences into our being quantumly. I love you so much. And if you are not following me on Instagram, please do at Shaman Durek. Also sign up on my newsletter so you can find out what workshops and events and things that I'm doing. And also check out um, everything. You can go to my Instagram page and click on my Linkster and it will lead you to all kinds of stuff that I'm doing so you can see it all in one place. And just remember how amazing and wonderful you are and know that I love you. And I know who you are and you're powerful. You are amazingly powerful. So thank you. Thank you for traveling with me and all of us to earth and lighting it up. Until next time, without me crying before I have to leave because I love you so much. See you later, alligator. <laughs>